Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you are on social media and want to follow me, or if you're on social media, follow me, not if you want to, follow me. (laughs) I got to be more direct. Um, At Strict Anonymous on either Twitter or Instagram or both. Um, I should have like 10,000 followers by now on this, on social media, but I never promoted my social media. And then when I would every now and then, I never posted anything on there, but I post all the time now. Uh, and I really want you to go follow me right now on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter at strict anonymous. Uh, I'm also started a YouTube channel and I love it. I love YouTube as a place to comment on my show. I don't know what it's like to listen to an episode on it. Uh, I, it's probably easier to do it on the app, but if you want to comment on it and talk to the people who have been on my show, go to my YouTube channel, uh, strictly, a uh, strictly anonymous podcast subscribe there and you could talk to the guests the last guy i had on last week steven he's on the replying to everybody because people are going cray cray for his cray cray episode (laughs) people are going crazy oh my god and then everyone's you know has their own opinion and listen i went through a little bit of a stint of calling people out on like their bullshit stories and uh I got to the place where I did it to guests recently. And if you listen to my intros, uh, you got, you heard me talk about how I felt bad about it. And I realized it just wasn't the right thing to do. And I'm going to stop. And I never did that before. Listen, I think 98% of the people who call into my show, or I I feel that 98% of people who call into my show are telling the truth every now and then. I'd say like once or twice a year, I get somebody on that I think is full of shit, but I never used to call them out. I still will question them, right? I'm not going to give them an easier time of it. I'm like Judge Judy. You know, I ask them questions if things don't make sense, but if they have answers for it, who am I to call them out on their fucking bullshit? You know, a lot of people are calling out my last guy, but you know, somebody wrote in and said, you know what, even if it's not true, it was like a hot story. So thanks for that. And that's the way that I feel moving forward. That's the way that it is. I'm going to ask the questions. I'll still ask hard questions if things don't make sense. Right. I'm not going to just I'm not going to give someone a free pass to tell bullshit stories on my show, but I'm not going to accuse people or get into that. I'm going to ask them my questions, get the whole story, put it out there, and then you guys could comment and think what you want. And what's great about YouTube is you have a place to, you know, post those comments and get in. Uh, a conversation. People are in conversations with Stephen because it's not everyone thinks he's lying. Some people just want to ask him questions about uh, his story as well. 
I don't really know if he's lying. I think he's, if he is, he was a good storyteller because he had an answer for everything I said and his story was very specific. So there's that. Um, I have a Patreon page. If you want to join my Patreon page, there's three separate tiers. Uh, you get early access, Q&As, where I answer a lot of interesting stuff. You can find out a lot more information about me. I'm very revealing on my Q&As. People ask a question, I answer it. I am like an open book. I just don't talk about myself on my show because that's not what my show is about. My show is about the person that I'm talking to. But some people who have been listening to my show a long time want to know some more stuff about me. So I post that over there. You get, like I said, early access to these episodes. Uh, you guys get it every Sunday night at 8.30. People on my Patreon get my new episodes Friday at noon. Uh, you also get, if you're into pantyhose, there's a fucking pantyhose section. And those people there get a lot of extra content from me. Uh, all pantyhose related. <laughs> you got to go there. And they get videos from me. I do a lot for my hosers. I call them my hosers because uh, they're diehard fans and I love them. I love everybody who joins my Patreon. I hate the people who exit my Patreon. Fuck you. <laughs> Everything's like chum change. But uh, if you want to support my show, I've been doing it for six years. I never get paid a dime. It's a lot of work. Like I can't even tell you at this point because my show's so popular. I have to you know, email fans of the show and schedule and tape and edit. And, and I have so much work to do that if you could throw th me three bucks a month uh, for all that work because you love my show and you listen and you want to be cool, that would be great. Uh, Patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous podcast. Today I'm on a girl named Chloe. Chloe wrote in because she's a smart bitch. This girl started her own podcast called Stripper Stories. And she's looking to get the word out there, right? So she's emailing other podcasts to be guests on the show. And that's smart. That's what you should do that, you know, how else are you going to get out there, right? Um, and I was like, sure, I'd love to have you on the phone because I love to help people, right? That's like why I started my show. So when things like this come my way, I'm like, yeah, uh, why wouldn't I help out a fellow podcaster? And she actually has a really interesting story. You know, I was like, I don't mind you coming on my show, but let's like really get into your background because this is a girl that has been a stripper. She's also been what she would call like a companion. I forget what her actual term is. Uh, she sort of like goes out with guys on the side for money, but she doesn't have sex with them. She never crossed those lines. We talk all about her days and the strip club, how she got into it, what she did, what she would and wouldn't do, what other people would do. She talks about her relationships that she'd, she's had with guys and what she's into sexually because she's very super open-minded, has been. Uh, for a long time on her podcast, we talk about what, you know, she talks to other girls in the business, right? She's been in the business for a long time. All of her friends are, she also does like webcamming. Um, and so she talks to girls that do that There's other former strippers. She also has like a sex pert on, I call him a sex pert. Is that a dumb word? Um, a guy. And she talks about how she met that guy. It's an interesting story. And he comes on and gives advice. He's like a, a sex therapist. Uh, so her podcast is super interesting. Go listen, go subscribe and listen. If you want to hear more, uh, about Chloe, go to Stripper Stories anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Um, but you're also going to get her whole backstory here. And the shit she does with her current boyfriend includes like fisting and a lot of anal both ways. And she's been there, done that. And she's super open. She's super cool. She's here to talk about it all. Go support her show, Stripper Stories, like I said, on iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, but for now, sit back and relax. And I'm going to be right back on with Chloe.
Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, okay. Hey, Chloe. Welcome to a Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? I'm really good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. I you really know, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. You emailed me. You started, you just, I, I'm assuming your um, podcast is new, right? You just started it. It's called Stripper Stories, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I started about uh, two, three months ago. Um, and yeah, it was just an isolation. Like a lot of my friends are like, you should, you should start a podcast. You've got loads of like funny stories about when you worked in the adult industry. And so basically it's just that me just having a good old chat with all my girlfriends who work in the adult industry and doctors and psychologists, sex therapists and things like that. And we all just talk about sex and it's, it's really, it's really cool. I really enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's great. And you're doing the right thing by like going on other people's podcasts, you know, to, you know, get the word out there about your, your, your show. I mean, that's how I started at a friend of mine. I always worked with comedians and I knew these comedians are like, you should start up your own podcast, you know, and whatever. And that's how I did it. And six years later, I'm still doing it, you know, and it's great, right? Because if you like to talk and, you know, it's, it's like you're doing what you love to do and you're putting it out there. And um, so now you, you've been in the adult industry, like you said, for many years. What do you do in the adult? Were you a stripper? Were you a porn star? Like, I mean, what did you do in the adult industry? Um, yeah, well, I, I worked for about eight years um, pre-COVID. I was a dancer in, in the strip clubs in London, like the super clubs. And then I worked as a walker, like a GFE girlfriend experience, like, uh I, I guess that's a job title, I guess. <laughs> and I was a dominatrix walker? while doing that. Yeah, a walker. So what is that? What does that mean? Maybe it's different from where you where you live to in America. Like, is that what the word they would use here in the United States? A walker? Um, well, I, I guess it's not like a curb crawler, like street walker kind of thing. It's like more of a, um, a sugar baby kind of job, uh, which... Um, it doesn't involve sex, so uh-huh. it would be not escorting. So that's something I've never done. That's where my limit was. Like I was just like, for me personally, that wasn't really for me. But um, now, like post Corona, I, I work on adult work webcam, which is like a webcam service, um, and I podcast on the side, which is is pretty chill for me. It's really good. Okay, yeah. so what's your, and what do you do on your webcam? Like, so because listen, the guys that are listening, I have mostly guy uh, listeners, right? Uh, it's I could see the demographics on YouTube. It's mostly men, right? So I'm sure after they're listening to this podcast, they're going to want to check you out and see what you look like. Most of the time, I, you know, people are on my show anonymous, right? So they don't get to see them, but uh, they can see you, right? Would you want to tell people where they could see your cam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's called adultwork.com uh, and you just, you search, <laughs> we, the, the name is pretty funny. It's called Ballerina Slutbox. So that's my name. Oh my God, hilarious. <laughs> Ballerina Slutbox. Slutbutt. Slut butt, B U T T. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. I mean, because I used to dance, I used to ballet dance a long time ago. So, yeah, that's where they can find me. And and uh, I'm on kind of most days, but um, mostly podcasting takes up a lot of my time now. So that's like Stripper Stories podcast. That's on Instagram. If anyone wants to find me there, that's probably. Um, and they could find it also on iTunes or wherever they're listening to my show. They could find your show. They just put in stripper stories, right? You're on yes, all of the yeah, platforms, yeah, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, what do you do, though? Like, uh, like if somebody went into your cam, like, are you 
do you get hardcore on there? Do you just do soft stuff? Like, wh- how far do you go? And what do what are they going to see if they they get log on? Well, um, basically, it's like um, it, well, it's like a, it's like a typical cam. I don't know if any any if you've been on there before, but it's kind of just like anything says anything you say goes kind of thing. Like uh-huh. you can do kink, you can play with toys, you can just talk, you can be naked, you can not be naked. I mean, for me, it's like if I am naked or like I'm partially clothed or in underwear lingerie and then I don't show my face. So I yeah. put the camera down, which is just a safety thing for me. But, um, but yeah, you can go like, you know, as vanilla or as kinky as you want. Um, depending on the, I mean, the, a lot of the guys want to be watched. So they want their camera turned on. Um, so that's a kink. I mean, it's a lot of them just want foot worship. Uh, there's a lot of like pay pigs on there that want you to like take control of their money. Like it's it's just a very weird and wonderful world. Um, right. In which I've like met lots of like really cool girls. And um, it's quite, there's quite a lot of like camaraderie on there as well, which is quite nice, um, especially through COVID. Yeah, that's cool. Considering, I mean, because, you know, I'm a female, right? And sometimes females could be the opposite of that, right? Especially if you're doing the same thing, there's competition, right? But you're saying there's a lot of camaraderie and you, the girls on there sort of stick together as opposed to are competing with each other. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just like any job. There is going to be competition. Yeah. But, you know, if it's a bad day, you know, we've got these kind of group WhatsApp chat chats, which we kind of uh, I talk about in my podcast. We always like put on like our funny stories or if it's rubbish, we kind of like egg each other on to do better. And um, and yeah, so it's kind of good like that. I mean, stripping was a kind of um, a different a different thing entirely where it was very dog eat dog. Mm-hmm. Um and there was lots of like nastiness, fighting, and cat like catty situations. Um, but obviously, webcam because we're all so remote. There were there'd yeah. be no throwing, you know, throwing glasses or pulling weaves out like that would be <laughs> right. happening. And you don't show your face on the cam, is what you said, right? That and that um, just to only say when I'm talk- Yeah, when I'm talking, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when I'm na- when I'm naked or doing anything promiscuous at all, I won't show my face. No, personally, that's my choice. But like girls do do that. Right. Let's go back a little bit. First of all, how old are you now, Chloe? Around? I'm I'm 30. You're 30. And now when did you start stripping and how did you get into it? Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline, 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. I was about 23. I mm-hmm. just finished a master's at, at uh, like a private, privately educated drama school, uh-huh. uh, which was like a lot of money. Um, and there was no, uh, like, re- I don't know, it was really difficult to like get any kind of help with that. So um, I worked in a bar while I was working um, and, and like working towards my master's degree. And 
I had a boyfriend at the time and he was a he was a piano player and he uh, he was playing piano in the bar and he always used to watch me getting like numbers across the bar and I was like <laughs> uh this is strange he was like yeah well, what well, you know you know you've got to pay off like you know 20 grand of your loan this year why don't you think about like because you're a good dancer why don't you start stripping and I was like no I'd never do that like what what are you saying like you're my boyfriend like blah, blah, blah. like you yeah. shouldn't be telling me to be a stripper like that's crazy and then one day we had a massive fight and um and it was like a really like one of those fights you just don't come back from. So I was just like, okay, fuck this. I'm going to, I'm going to go to London. Like I lived in um, just outside London at the time. Uh-huh. And I'm going to audition to be a dancer. I was like, you know, like very um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T situation. Like I'm going to go down to, you know, be a dancer. Yeah. And uh, auditioned and the first night I got in and then I basically just never looked back and I paid off all of my, all of my debt and all of my um, student loans and all of my stuff for, for school within like six months. Yeah, that's so great. That was done. And that, you know, it kind of, it, it served its purpose. And then obviously after that, then there's other things like getting a house and then there's, you know, buying a car and then there's all these other things that you need to do in your life. And, and me, you know, me being a budding actress, I was like, well, you know, it's, it's a good job for me. It means I can audition during the daytimes and I can work at night. Mm-hmm. So it worked, it worked for me. Um, and let me ask you this. Like, was it a totally nude club? Did you wear G strings? Like what kind of club was it that you worked in? Um, I worked in a, a quite high end club, uh-huh. um, which we were wearing like no G strings is like floor length dresses uh-huh. at all times. And like, you know, you got to wear like a three piece, like under underwear set underneath the dress uh-huh. and then you have to have nails done like everything's got to be perfect it's in mayfair in london which is like one of the like banking high high-end districts yeah yeah, um, yeah so yeah so i worked in like a in a very upper class club and i think it kind of spoiled me a bit because there's lots of clubs in london that are, are just great fun and you can just go in there and like but it's, it's a lot like they charge a lot less in right, them, those, yeah. those mm-hmm. places. So I, I kind of just went for the, like the big bucks. Which yeah, no, that was smart. How much would you make a night around? Uh, it would vary, but um, eight years ago, it was like 10 grand a night. Right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like, I was yeah, just telling my nanny yesterday it was funny because I'm 51, right? And so I was around your age that you started, right? In my 20s when stripping became like very popular, right? It mm-hmm. was when Jenna Jameson, even porn stars were becoming very mainstream and stripping yeah. was becoming more mainstream, right? And it was because before that, it was very seedy, right? And nobody did it. But this was like right around the time that it became really super popular and all my girlfriends did it. And I was like the only one that didn't. They would all beg me to. And I, because I would just like think, think, I just like think too much, you know? So I was always like, if I, what if my, like my uncle came into a place or like one of my brother's friends or, and then, and like, what if I made too much money? I'd never go be able to go get a regular job. Like I, I it could be a trap. And I saw a lot of my friends, I have to say, that did do it. it like get really fucking weird and really like sort of anti-men, you know, and I, what I was like, me and my nanny were just having this conversation. I'm like, but I do think that, you know, there's a certain percentage of women that could go in there and do it right. And really you know, do come out on the other side with none of those things and just like positive stuff, right? Like paying off your loans, supporting their family, doing whatever you hear of those stories, right? But you do hear a lot of women that go in and it, it becomes like not so great for them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally get you. Like, yeah, I, I've witnessed it myself. Right? I mean, I, I probably, um, I like to say that I don't have any of those traits, but I do, you know, I, I 
speed dating literally i mean 50 men a night for like eight years you're gonna <laughs> be a bit like a man hatery yeah yeah yeah, after yeah, exactly. that, you know? yeah 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 but you made but you took it and you did do positive things and you're still sort you know it really it sort it it's not something that you just did for a certain amount of time, right? It's led you to what you're doing now. It led you to the cam stuff, right? So it became, I mean, even though you went to school for, you know, acting, is that what, right? That's what your master's was in, drama? Yeah, yeah, in drama, yeah. I mean, it is kind of like acting, right? What you do on a certain level. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's kind of... Um, we were talking about this, like me and my girlfriends the other day on cam. It's like, or even about like the podcast. And things. Yeah. It's like, if you can talk well and if you can like present yourself well to anyone in any business, any job, it does help. Yeah. Um, and I think that the acting did like, you know, like filter into my stripping, which now filters into my podcast. You know, it's all kind of interlinked. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I would definitely not be the same person without like doing this, this type of job. And I, and I actually am quite, um, happy with the choices I've made. Yeah, um, yeah. But there, there are other people that I do know of personally, and I'm sure you probably know yeah. that it hasn't really worked out so well for them. Um, so yeah. But, but what I think is important too. for people to know is that you can't say that's a hundred percent across the board. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you yeah, can't. you, you know, just because you know some people that it didn't go well or it's so dark, or you know, because I think a lot of people have like a very bad view of that industry right but there are people like you right it's even in the porn industry right you hear girls that are like committing suicide and stuff but then you see these porn stars that it's like a positive thing what's that one woman's name she's older and she's just like on everyone's podcast what the fuck is her name i'm so bad with names but she's very famous you know and you just know that like it's just been nothing but positive for her you know what i mean and it's just who she is and what she's done her whole life what the fuck is her name i'm gonna edit this out and put in her do you know who i'm talking about um the blonde um, i'm just trying to think she's no, older no, I, she's old school she's like so famous porn hold not on carmen electro is it no 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 carmen electro is not a porn star <laughs> oh, no this is a no, straight up porn star hold on older oh. porn star famous hold on i'm gonna edit some of this out maybe i won't i try not to edit really that mature porn yeah. star. she's so famous she's like on everyone's podcast i always think i should get her on my show oh yeah right here she's the blonde what the fuck is her name hold on <laughs> but anyway, she just is very, you know, there's nothing dark or seed. You know, she's she really did it in a positive way. And this is just like what she was born to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some people that it just they're like fish to water with it, you know, and they can they can decompartmentalize their brains. Nina More. Hartley, sorry, that's who I was talking about. You right, know her, okay. right? She's like an yeah. icon, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and she's still out there speaking, and she's very sex positive, right? And it's just not a dark thing. Like I said, you hear of these other porn stars. And pe- so, you know, my whole point is that, you know, it's important, I think, for people to know. Because I think sometimes what happens is there's a whole movement of people that think like, oh, you're some sort of victim or these sometimes these women are victims. Right. And they're yeah. not doing it because they want to or they're not in control of themselves or they're not empowered. And I don't think that that's true all the time. Right. I mean, you know, it's it, maybe there's a large majority of sort of dysfunction going on, but there's definitely a you know, people in it that are empowered doing it for the right reason, you know, and doing what they like to do and they're in charge of it. Right. It's not a, it's not dysfunction. 
Yeah, I mean, me and my friends in the club, we always used to have this joke about the guy that would come in and he'd be like, what, what is a girl like you doing in a place like this? You know, I'm going to save you from all of your poverty and all of this rape and murder that's happening right. in your life. Yeah. And you're like, you're there and your eyes are slowly rolling into the back of your skull. And you're like, Ugh. like, this is not, I mean, it's, it's mostly because my accent as well. It's like seen as more of a kind of typically upper class accent yeah. right? because I, I speak eloquently but like that does that shouldn't matter yeah it shouldn't matter my upbringing it shouldn't matter about any of that I mean sex is sex and and it's one of the oldest professions in the world yeah forever yeah and so it's if a girl chooses to do that herself yeah. she, she shouldn't be like caned for it yeah. um and no one should be you know, ringing that bell of like shame 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 and we need to help you and get you out of this awful you know exactly. poverty mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's crazy isn't it i mean there are obviously situations where that you know people are abusing yes absolutely women or the situation um, or women are in it because you know it, it is dysfunctional for them right and you know but if they're on drugs they're doing it way high you know they're addicts whatever but it, like that you know like i said the important thing is to know that that's not always the case you know you can't sort of say that make that sweeping statement you know and that's why yeah. i think it's important for you to like you're not that person right you're here you stripped for eight years now you're doing cam stuff you're starting uh you know you have your podcast now you talk to all your friends like i mean wh- who do you have on there as far as like who you talk to is it mostly strippers or or, or like people in the adult industry across the board you said you talk to therapists like what kind of stuff do you guys discuss yeah so we just kind of talk about our funny like stripper stories um mostly like to start off with and then it kind of branches out like a lot of my friends work as like sugar babies for instance and then I've got um a couple of doctor friends who come on there and obviously I don't use their real name but we call him Dr. Kink who's a sex psychologist Mm -hmm. and sex therapist and he comes and talks about like the history of BDSM and kink and hysteria and things like that so which which are kind of a bit more serious um and then we go from that to talking about our first experience with anal or like how to like train your asshole up you know to have like good anal or like things like that like silly things that like people obviously every girl is like thought about or like needs to know about or if they wanted to like work within the industry how you do it um what's what kind of uh things you might be um exposed to Mm -hmm. and yeah just to keep it all like it's it's mostly a positive podcast but obviously there are some there's some darker stories (laughs) that uh yeah, if you listen to like episode one, there's like a guy who uh, comes into the, the club and he he has a fetish of munting, and we didn't know what that was. Munting, but it was like munting. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. What is that? And it's kind of like when it's kind of a Ted Bundy vibe, where you literally you two people or even just one person jumps on the. Okay, this is really gross. Yeah, but I actually encountered this. Yeah, jumps on the. Uh, like stomach of a dead body uh-huh and then the entrails from the inside of the stomach goes into someone else's mouth from like the holes yeah. right uh-huh. and 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 then it's like it's more like a necrophilia kind of vibe it's like dead bodies right so Where this the guy fuck was do they get their dead bodies so were you the person that encountered this guy yeah, so I was in the strip club and he was like, I'm, I'm, I have a really big thing for munting. I was like, what is that? And I literally got <laughs> yeah. my phone out in the club and I was like, what? And I just discovered. He was <laughs> he was like, let's go to a private booth. He paid me like 500 quid yeah. to lie, lie still mm-hmm. and pretend I was dead while he talked to me. Oh, interesting. Right, so he, he just mocks that up in fantasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you just, and, seriously, just so you just lied there dead and he sat on your stomach? 
No, no, he didn't. He wasn't allowed to touch me. That's the thing. With with the clubs that I've always worked at, no one can touch. It's always right. like a meter away. It's like literally like <laughs> COVID in there. Everyone has to stay away from each other. Yeah, yeah even um, before COVID. That's great. Yeah. yeah literally so um he couldn't touch me but i think he was just he was just enjoying telling me what to do like lie down like i want you in this position and stuff like it was probably like weird like like now i could laugh about it yeah yeah totally all of our friends like we're all looking through the booth like what is she doing she's not dancing to like genuine (laughs) pony she's (laughs) She's playing playing dead oh my god that is hilarious it is kind of funny but wait so now through this whole time, like the eight years that you were stripping, first of all, that guy, it's funny that he was like, oh, strip for me. And you never did. You never became a stripper. But then the minute you guys got in a fight, you're like, I'm going to go fucking strip. Right. Yeah. So you never went back out with him. But have you had long term relationships? Or are you in a relationship now? I mean, how have the the guys that you've been with dealt with your, you know, career? Good question. Um, it's been different across the board. So mm-hmm. it's just like anything. Like no, no one person is the same. So for me, I mean, I've changed a lot since as since I started the, in the industry. Where I, you know, I kind of was a bit more apologetic for it in the beginning. Like, yeah. oh, I better not tell someone that I do this because they're going to just see me as a piece of ass, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is not what I want. But um, now, as I've got older, I'm just like, this is what I do. It's a job at the end of the day, and just like any other job. Like sex work is work and it's uh, you can still be in a committed relationship while working in the sex industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had I've had some guys. Um, it's almost like a test. Like when you start dating a guy, like yeah. when I tell them, you know, at the right time, this is what I do. This is what I've done. This is what I've been exposed to. This is what I like. Um, and they they either just accept it and they're, they're like understanding and they take it for what it is and for the person that I am. Or they'll start going, oh, yeah, I'm dating a stripper and telling all their friends and making it a thing. And, you know, the sort of guy then that you want to be dating. Right. So, yeah, they can't handle I have it. I've had long term relationships with, mm-hmm. with really good people that have been like completely um, understanding and secure mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, for me, it's been still great. Like at least it's helped me weed out the men from the boys kind of thing. Yeah. And listen, I can't tell you, I mean, I started my podcast six years ago and you know, my podcast is all about these people calling in and a lot of times they're talking about their secret lives or their naughty lives that they have. And I, I mean, what I learned and cause I never knew this sort of existed before and I have a lot of guy friends, but no one ever copped to it, that there are so many guys out there that love to watch their girl fuck another guy, you know, whether they're doing it with them or like that's what their fantasy is, you know. So, uh, you know, and you're younger and I think the younger generation is so much more open that, you know, you the thought of you being able to meet a guy that, you know, not only accept it, but maybe be into the fact that you're exposing yourself on a cam to other guys and that's his girl. I mean, I think some guys might find that to be a turn on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll, if, if it's been happening in the past when a guy's come home and I've just finished work, but I'm still in my lingerie, and it's yeah. like, oh, you know, it's kind of like, oh, who else would like, you know, you come home to your girlfriend in lingerie from work, kind of thing. You don't work in an office. You don't have the stresses from work in that type of way. You know, you're a bit more. He always mentioned that it was like more of a pleasurable experience to come home to me because I was just working for myself and doing my own thing, and yeah. Um, and yeah, and like obviously naturally i am a less vanilla person you yeah. know with my personal sex life too so um that that doesn't bother me if a guy's like oh you know what did you do on cam today or you know what did you wear at the strip club whatever i'm like 
yeah, that's part of me. That's that is me, you know. So why, yeah, maybe why some of these my- guys aren't admitting to you, but uh, there's a lot of guys out there that would love to fucking hear that stuff, and it would get them hard. <laughs> No, I'm telling yeah. you, I hear that from people all the time on my show. I mean, it's like it's one of the biggest things that I've learned. It's very common. Yeah, yeah. Guys, guys are like less jealous than women, obviously. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And also they're very territorial. Like they know if, they, if a girl and also women are much more emotionally connected to men. So yeah. it's like so if a woman is yours and a man knows it, he's super happy to like let you go and be like sexual with someone else yeah. it's almost like a power thing right mm-hmm. it's like she's mine and she yeah you can have you can like have her for a little bit i can enjoy this and she, she's always going to come back to me like mm-hmm. swinging mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah um and i i find that super hot like i mean i i wouldn't want to be in a completely monogamous relationship for the rest of my life to the point where i'm only allowed to think about one dick right for the rest of my life like i don't think we're naturally supposed to be that way yeah. um Hence why people cheat all the time. You know, yeah. it's like, it's that's not in our natural DNA. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other topic I have on my show a lot. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just, it is what it is. It's like, uh, I have, I get a lot of comments on YouTube and a lot of times, I mean, especially men, I don't know, I guess, because they, they sort of projecting it onto themselves, these stories. But when I have women talking about cheating, oh, the comments they get from men, like it's so, it's so vicious. You know, these men, they just can't <gasps> even handle it. You know, that a woman would cheat. Men are fucking cheat all the time too but it's just like you know i mean come on um but now have you had open relationships like when you have like what does that look like for you since you sort of don't believe in like oh being with one person and one dick for the rest of your life i've never believed in that since i was younger but you know what is have you had open relationships or what kind of relationships have you had when they've been long term well i mean i've never had a polyamorous relationship like yet yeah but um, I'm I'm currently with one person and we've spoken about it quite a lot and it's almost like if you're with for me it would be more so like um, if you're with them for the rest of your life you know so if you if you're putting a ring on it and you end up getting married and things like that I would never rule out swinging yeah uh-huh um, I would I would never want to have an actual relationship you know you hear those polyamorous like couples yeah. to me that's personally not my thing but i i can completely understand it where you can like love more than one person and and i can get that i can i can kind of i can't up. You can't? No. I, I mean, I say this to my pa. I've like, and I, it's very rare that I find, I haven't, I have yet to have on a couple that have done it successfully. I think it's very difficult. I'm always like, I just don't have enough fucking love to go around. Like, I mean, it's hard <laughs> enough to love one guy, like let alone three other people. I don't know. I just think it's very, yeah. you know, I think relationships take a lot of work, right? When you add, you know, emotional intimacy as well you know it's one thing to go swinging and be fucking other people and you're emotionally connected though to like just one partner but when you get that emotional connection you're all living together I'm sure people do it successfully I have yet to hear it it just I I've heard people like I've had podcasts that have you know guests have been on multiple times where the first time that's what they're doing and then you know two times later it's all gone horribly wrong and I could understand really? it. I think it's difficult you know I just think it's very difficult but it's not to say just because I haven't spoken to someone that's done successful that people 
you know, don't. But I'm I can't I can't wrap my head around it. I think it's I think it's very difficult because just a one on one relationship with anybody is difficult, you know. And I think a lot of times, even with just the swinging, what I've seen and I remember seeing a a very uh, famous swinger documentary when I was really young and being like, that's my goal is to just get to the point at one point in my life that I'm so evolved that I don't feel like I need to own someone sexually. Right. But, you know what? And they follow these couples um, in this swinger documentary from like within one year. Right. And they had uh, four different couples and uh, two of them were like very new couples getting into swinging and two of them were like double digit year couples. Right. And you saw by the end of the year, like those two couples that just had like a year under their belt or whatever, they were less successful as opposed to the people that, you know, had like they say, double digit years. Right. And I do think it's much smarter in swinging situations to get that, you know, get some time with each other. Right. And then you have that in your back pocket to eventually go swinging when you know that you're really secure and stable in your relationship, because it could bring up a lot of things. And I, you know, but it's not to say that people can do it right off the bat and they're going to be successful. But I think, you know, it, it's something that if you're open to it and your partner is that, you know, when it goes down the line and you're with somebody for a bunch of years and you're like, okay, now what, right? <laughs> Sexually, yeah. you want to go yeah. do something else, right? And b- before that person goes cheating behind your back or you're cheating behind their back because things are going a little stale. Because like, I don't know, how do you keep it so hot for 20 years with the same person? I don't, I can't understand that. <laughs> but I know yeah, some people do. I'm thinking about. Yeah, I mean, some people do. Like, yeah. you, hear, you know, all the older generation, they were all married after 60, 60 years, still married. And like, yeah, but they're can... all on my show, Chloe. Okay. Oh. They're all on my show and they're either blowing guys when their wives go on a point. Like it's seriously, I can't even oh. tell you that. And that's what my show is kind of all about. It's kind it's, you know, it's to, sh- and I don't think that like, I get, I get people around my age calling in more so with the secret stories, right? The younger people yeah, that yeah. call in are, out and proud of what they're doing, you know, and even the ones that are swingers or have open relationships or, you know, or want, you know, multiple partners. Um, but the, it, all the people that you're talking about that got married for six years, they're all calling into my show at Secret Lives. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I think that, like, personally, I mean, I've had a lot of customers even on cam and then they've had like wives who who know what they do. So they yeah. have like a kind of side life. And yeah. then it's like, okay, honey, this is not what I want to be doing, but you come home to me. I just don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, that is quite cool. Like yeah. that's quite liberating to see those couples. And if I think... I mean, I personally, I completely agree with you. you. You'd have to be in a relationship for a number of years, yeah. have gone through some stuff together before you'd even think about swinging. I mean, f- for me personally, that I wouldn't be able to even think about it within the first, you know, five to five to even 10 years of a relationship. Right. You know? Yeah. No, they say double digits. I think you're just, yeah. you know, in the couples that I find that are successful, that's how it worked for them. I mean, they were just so into each other for those first 10 years that they weren't even thinking about it. You know what I mean? Because they were super compatible. Right. And that's why mm. they work even after that being with other people, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, for real. Yeah, for real. So now you're, are you dating, you're dating somebody now, right? But you've never had an open relationship. Do you sleep like, cause you said like you're kind of kinky in your personal life. Do you want to tell any hot stories? That, I don't know. Well, I mean, with, I mean, with this guy right now, I mean, we don't, we don't have like the standard sex that people have. Right. You know, it's like, we like to like, go outside 
in like public places or we'd like to i don't know like you also oh, do you like to think that maybe people can see you or they are seeing you like i mean you know is it like an exhibitionist thing I guess sometimes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we obviously use like lots of toys, like lots and lots of extreme toys. Um, like what kind of, of like, extreme toys? I mean, like, like large I, dildos. I mean, when you mean extreme or extreme like stuff I've never heard of. Well, I mean, you know, like like fisting. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like we're both into, super into that. Like, you know, he's quite a big dude, though. So it's like had to like anal train my asshole up for years. And like, you know, it's, we just kind of push things to their limit. Like we like to film things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean. It's, Wait, I mean, so you, me, you take his fist up your ass, too? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're like really into anal, like really into anal. And he is, too. Yeah, he he is too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have smaller fists though. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course, <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I'm like, okay, I win this one. I'm winning. <laughs> and when did you get yeah. into all this stuff though? Like fisting and anal fisting. Like it had to have been before this guy, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always loved like. I mean, for me personally, I'm a squirter, so uh-huh. like. I don't really have those external orgasms that most women do, like from the from the clit, like uh-huh. as much. Uh-huh. I'm just, I'm like, you know, monsoon season is. That's so interesting. Dr- so, like, when because I always, I'm always so jealous of squirters. It's always been like my <laughs> lifelong goal to squirt, and I just fucking can't, you know. And so I love when I talk I to think women. Everyone that, can. Everyone I know. Can. No, I know. That's why we're going to talk about squirting for a little bit because you could help. Yes. And I get so excited. I've had some callers on here, women who like just figured they could squirt like way later you know not from day one but it sounds like for you this is something that you always did from the beginning because I remember the first time I found my clit by accident when I was like super young and right and had that orgasm and I think you know because it it started that way right it's like I and I kept doing it because it was like the fucking greatest thing ever right (laughs) it's like you know I became very (laughs) clit like that was a very big part of my orgasms right and because that's how I started now for you did you like, do you remember the first time you orgasm? Did you squirt very early on? Like, how did it happen for you? Well, I don't think I remember the first time I did it. I think that it was just, it was always a thing. Like, I... But, like, I when mean, you were jerking off when you were little, right? And you found yeah. out you could have these orgasms and stuff. Do you re- Were you having, like, were you fingering yourself? Were you rubbing your clit? Do you remember? Well, no, I, I mean, I remember, like, I, I would, like, always, like, cross my legs together and, like, uh-huh. squeeze. Do you like the kind of Kegel, like, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. squeezy, squeezies? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's the thing that, that kind of turns me on. It's not the, it's not the external. It's right, it's internal. not the rubbing of the clit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, okay, right. And then, then I started doing that. All my friends at school were like, oh, do you, like, rub your clit? I'm like, I tried it. And I was like, it's not that good. The, the squeezing's better. And <laughs> that's so, so interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, and then so and then I thought, okay, well, I'll put some stuff inside there and see what happens. And then before you know it, then I was like, okay, the external thing is just completely like pointless. Not pointless, but I mean, obviously, I've had orgasms externally since, but um, I think it's, it's way better to be like you than you, like the one. I think it's way better to be like, I'm like jealous. I think it's way better really? to be like you to have the inside be so easy to get. You must have like a big G spot or something. Can you feel it when you go in there? Yeah, I mean, well, my my like guy I'm with right now. I'm, I mean, I have the coil as well, so it's like navigating through the strings of the coil, like trying to find the G spot without like <laughs> making any damage. But like, um, 
yeah he says that it's really prominent and like he knows exactly what to do like it's just it's just the typical thing that you see in porn you know like the two fingers yeah in like in the middle but you push them like in and then it's kind of like a tugging motion kind of like kind of like tugging on it like, yeah. i mean yeah it's it, that just works for me and if obviously if a guy's got like a bent dick yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can get it from from like being on penetration top as well, or yeah, being way, on right. top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I can get it anally too. So if a guy like fucks me in my asshole or like uses his hands, then I squirt out of my pussy. Right, right, right. Yeah, because Which it's is, touching. It's probably you know like it's probably right there rubbing on it. Right, it, depending on where you are. I mean, the right so the yeah. the asshole and your inside of your vagina is like right at, like, next to each other. They're literally, it's yeah. not even they're like separated by a tiny wall. They're both the same. Well, that. That's why if you're fisting in your ass, right? I mean, it's got to be hitting all over the place, right? That's probably why you really enjoy that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's for me, it's like, it's also just being with someone. I mean, you wouldn't be just fisting someone's asshole on a one night stand, right? It's like, right. It's, it's <laughs> right. Point, yeah. I mean, it'd be probably scary. People would run away from me. They'd be like, who is this crazy woman? But yeah. I mean, when you're in a, like a relationship or like a long-term thing, you can, you can explore these avenues with a partner. And yeah. I think... For me, that's the best type of sex I've ever had is like being able to be with someone or a couple of people if you if if you want to mm-hmm. long term and and explore them just them. If you know what I mean? You get more comfortable, don't you? So with, yes. with like anal, it's just that, you know, just have to relax. Otherwise, it's just everything t- tenses up and it's just not fun. Yeah, no, um, I know. I feel I try to tell guys this all the time because I was always been a three input girl. I always loved anal sex. It's not something I want every single day. Right. But if it's no. like if I click into it, maybe I want that uh, for for the, every day for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, because it just <laughs> I really like it. But I always say like there's no way that it doesn't feel good for everybody. But what happens is like guys just put their like these poor girls like say okay let's try anal and a guy like shoves his dick in in one second and she's like oh that kills you know and it ruins it for her because she doesn't understand like that's not how you do it right and we've i've tried to tell people how to do it i see that you've talked about it on your show right i mean like and so you're trying to help women as well with like how to give a blowjob how to have anal sex right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean for me it's like it's I had really I remember the first time I had anal sex and I will never forget it because it was exactly that it felt like a brick was being shoved up my yeah, arsehole and out right. through my mouth yeah you can't was, just put it, it was, in yeah and he was just like and he was he was quite big as well and I was like yeah let's try it yeah and I think that he was just like fumbling around and then it just went inside inside and it literally I, I got like a hot wave of like death yeah yeah upon yeah on me yeah and so I never forgot that so since then I you know I've been really I'm like an avid, an avid af- advocate for like douche your asshole, like train it up, use some fingers, lie on your side the first time. Don't be doing doggy style because that's like, that is like the the most painful and vulnerable position to be in. Right. I feel in in with mm-hmm. anal sex, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're on your side, you're curled over, you're together, like slow, and you know you just got to be with a partner who kind of understands that. Um, but yeah, there was many a woman, I think, you know, at least 50% of us on the planet afraid of anal sex because of that one first time they'd done it. And it just turned out to be shit everywhere and blood and death, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and totally. That, I and was, that's, not, that's not how it should be. No, I was always like, I couldn't wait to have sex and try everything. So I was like, I think it was, I was the one with a guy that I was sleeping with it very early on, be like, oh, let's do this, you know? But I was always super aggressive and very comfortable. And I always, like 
took the dick with my hand and let it in and like I because for me I had to be really turned on and it had to go in very slowly and I had to let it sort of relax and open up while the dick is like going in very very slowly right and and then eventually you're just like okay pound me and then I last for like two you know three minutes right but yeah um you know and that's how I would always say that it would work but yeah there's a lot of girls I think that don't realize it can be very pleasurable it's just that it happened in the wrong way you know mm-hmm. yeah I completely agree yeah so you could agree. squirt you have you do anal fisting do you sleep with women too do you ever have women involved like do you do threesomes with your partner any partners ever um I have had threesomes before in the past mm-hmm. not with any partner of mine um and with women and with men right. um with women it's different i mean i personally don't really maybe it's because i've had a few bad experiences but it feels like quite um competitive uh-huh and what know, a threesome with a woman and another guy yeah oh and interesting just, i uh-huh. want to compete like that's not how i feel when i want to have sex i don't want to feel like i have to like compete with someone right right i want to have I want to all be equal and just have fun and chill yeah, yeah, yeah. out, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I, it, sex is not a stressful time for me, you know? Right. So um, I think I've had a few bad experiences and uh, with women personally. And also for me, I mean, I, I'm attracted to women. I think women are beautiful. I think we're much more beautiful than men. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I do prefer a dick. And like, I, I've let women like pleasure me i i've not really done so much of pleasuring women just because it doesn't really turn me on personally Mm -hmm. um but but yeah i mean i i definitely would have more threesomes with guys like that's for me maybe it's just me being conceited bitch that i want to be star of the show but i think Uh, right yeah that's (laughs) okay yeah no but with with another woman as well it's like sharing i don't find that an issue whereas like maybe the few girls that i've done it with it's been very much like for them it was that right maybe it was the wrong sort of situation because for them they did maybe they felt the same way like you did they wanted to be the star so now there's that competition right (laughs) yeah it just doesn't work does it like you said women are a bit more catty than than dudes yeah they can be so now what about the sugar baby situation like you talk about like being a walker right is that because like you know i call it like like there are guys in my life that i've met and one of them was like oh like could i just like buy you shit and you hang out with me and it's like and i'll be your sponsor like and like we would make jokes it's like oh he's my sponsor right like you, you know it's a, a guy that just like pays for things and you but you don't have sex with them i'm thinking your situation and i think that, that happens a lot like I, I think that women think like oh to get shit from guys you gotta fuck them and you really don't right like i mean just like mm-hmm. you could just like hang out with them um so for you in because it's more of a it's a it's a setup situation right it's not like it's a professional right you how does it work with these people that you are their sugar baby right like i mean is it do they is it a setup is it a arrangement you know how does it work and what do you do with them well i mean it's different for every woman but personally for me um i've never like had sex for money so that right. was one thing yes. that i would I drew the line there just because sex is important to me. And if I started seeing it as a job, I don't know whether I could like decompartmentalize my brain. I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Um, that's smart. Mm -hmm. But, but I mean, I don't like judge any woman who decides to do it. Some people are just better at, better at decompartmentalizing than me. I'm just not very good at it. So like, um, so I have had arrangements. That's what I would call it, I guess. And they'd be like either, you know, pay per meet, which would be like to go for dinner that evening and then they give you the cash or you can have like a monthly arrangement. Uh-huh. Um, you can obviously like it normally starts off pay per meet to start off with. And then once you get to like 
like like each other and then it becomes like a monthly arrangement yeah um I've had like varying like levels of uh, sugar daddy, I guess. And um, one was the longest was like four years, mm-hmm. um, and he was pretty cool. Uh, he, I mean, I tell the story about him on my on my podcast. So he passed away actually, which is why it ended. Right. Um, oh, which episode? Let people know so they could go listen to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Let me try and find which episode it is. But it's it's a really great story, and yeah. he was super great, and it was like a really like positive, mm-hmm. um, like. I, I guess outcome for me and for him I mean, uh-huh. apart from the fact that he passed away but I mean it, he really did have like a great I believe a great time with me and I and I him you know I learned yeah. a lot um I, he got me into like being a dominatrix I started working in a dungeon and oh no um, way he loved like he loved trans sex because he had prostate cancer so he couldn't get it up anyway so he he liked just being fucked in the ass mm-hmm. and he loved trans women so i would organize these sex parties for him where i'd met like i met loads of amazing women and like he had such a great time we went to ibiza a couple of years and he was like 65 right um, was he just super loaded and had a lot of cash too on top of it so he could you know fund everything and you would yeah her? yeah he- yeah, he would pay me a monthly allowance, uh-huh. which, um, and it was just for me to like, I guess just, I mean, he, he said, he said to me, like, he found it difficult to open up to anyone. He was like a big city slicker, was really in charge of his everyday life. And I guess that when he was, you know, in a more intimate setting, he wanted to like hand over that, that control to someone else. Yeah, and for sure. That's a lot a bit of times that's yeah. the case. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, so for me, it was it was a kind of learning curve because I'm not normally more. I mean, I'm, I like to be uh, not the most dominant person. Like I like to just switch up a little bit, but I became so dominant to a point where he was like very trusting of me, uh-huh. and I, I felt like a, a level of trust, you know, from him. And, and uh, but you never in all those four years, you never crossed the line and did anything with him. I mean, cause, cause, no, never, right. mm-hmm. not once. I never even shared a bed with him, which is a strange thing. Like he right. always, because he had sleep apnea as well, so he had to. He had oh a pacemaker. He had to sleep yeah. apnea. Like he had all of these like health issues. So he was like, "I'm having when we went on holiday, I'll have a, a hotel room. You have a hotel room." Like, it was very, it was a very like mutual and professional relationship. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah, that's why great. I was wondering if you wind up like him. Then this might be a totally inappropriate question, but like, did he leave you anything in his will? Let's see. Boogie, asking me that. What? Not in his will. No. I'm like no. Like because I wasn't known. Yeah. Um, right. To, right. Like, that, I just wonder. Yeah. Uh huh. But um, he he left me some money like before he he died. Oh, yeah. Right. Because he knew. Right. Because like, I, I used to make jokes about how because I know some very uber wealthy guys here in the city and I've had some of them call into my show and I just know and you hear about them in the news right when they fucking die like you know this shit comes out like they had children in you know taiwan and indonesia and you know and then all of a sudden they're known for like what they did sexually or what they were doing kind of on the side i was like you know somebody should set up a cleanup service right so like these guys (laughs) should have somebody that comes in when or right before they go or whatever you know that's gonna sort of clean up that stuff that they were doing on the side so nobody fucking knows right because that's the last thing these poor guys should be known for because you know how everyone's so ridiculous about sex 
and you know that uh, yeah. you know, they yeah. forget about everything else you did in your life and now you're just this person that did this kinky shit you know so yeah. uh, you know and I, my one friend who's uber wealthy I'm always like I'll be your cre- cleanup person like and he knows and he could really trust me that I'm like you just want me to you know delete anything or whatever you know because and you don't have to tell me anything but I'll you know help you out that I think a lot of these wealthy guys need something like that that's what I was wondering like so yeah he couldn't put it in his will but he knew he was passing and he was older so he actually gave you some stuff on the side yeah he did and he he also uh he, he made me like take all of his like toys out of his house and like oh, so you were house. the cleanup like, girl you that's I, yeah, that job yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that when you were saying it. Yeah, I technically was. But yeah. I mean, I didn't find out that he'd even died until I, I mean, I was texting him. And I was like, when are we hanging out? Oh, like, he was like, when are we hanging out next? I gave him a date. I canceled on him actually to do something else, which I regret now. But Yeah, um, right. Yeah. You know, he didn't text me back one day. And then he always said to me that his, his ex-PA that he had would always contact me when anything happened to him. She didn't. Uh-huh. And so I had, I literally waited like two or three weeks before there was like an obituary on the internet. And that's oh my how God. I found out. Yeah, it was weird. Now, but, but when um, did you to clean out his stu- his toys and stuff before that or after? Yeah, so he got he got had a, like a hospital stay that you had uh, to go okay. in for, for like mm-hmm. two weeks, and yeah. he was like, "Right, it's getting serious now. Like, take all my stuff away from me." And I yeah. was like, "Okay." I was like, "Don't be silly. You'll be out in no time." And then it, he technically was in and out, in and out, and then he just yeah. Yeah! Wow, that's away, crazy. But, so people yeah. could hear about that on your podcast, right? That story. Yeah, I think it's called um, the episode Han Solo, the the sugar slut. That's me. I think it's episode eight. Have a little listen to that one. Oh, okay, cool. For sure. And now you have other girls on there that do that same thing. Now you have a host, right? Is is it you and somebody else that do do the podcast? Yeah, so it's me now. I mean, it's always been my podcast. Oh, okay. uh, I had another girl like co- co like host it with me in the beginning. And she's a a sugar baby, actually. And she's um, living her life like with him and then she's also got a day job and now since corona is like kind of slightly lifted she's doing her day job again so she has less time to talk about slightly stuff with me so right so just you it's now. mostly me now <laughs> hey i yes. started off with a co-host and then it was just got it was hard to coordinate my guests and him and he was he just had other shit going on that i, I mean i just think it's and i was just so happy i mean at first i was devastated because that's how my show sort of started with him and i was yeah. sort of attached to it but once I got used to doing it on my own, it was much easier, especially when you have guests and stuff. I mean, for you, you have guests on every week, right? Most weeks. Yeah, most weeks I do. Um, I find it really like I, I love meeting new people. I think that's the best thing about being a podcaster. Like, yeah. Even though I'm a little baby podcaster right now, I've met so many people. And like it, it's it's really refreshing to hear about all the women and men out there that, that want to talk about sex and, and making, you know, uh, sex work safe and um, being open about it. And, and I, yeah, it's, it's one of the best things I've done. So um, yeah, for me, I, I love being just a host on my own and just being able to pick whoever I want to talk to, you know, so it's, it's easier for me that way. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I mean, it. I always say like, I, I mean, I didn't want to, I, I most of the time will get on a call and I love to know as little as possible. A lot of times people will be like, Oh, you want me to send you like bullets of what? And I'm like, no, I, Actually, I'm just a naturally curious person. I love to know about people. So for me, the most exciting thing is just to get on with a total stranger. So like when you wrote in, I'm like, I'm going to look over your show because I know you're on here to promote it and I want to help you get it out there. Right. Thank you. Um, And so but I don't want to know too much. Right. Because I'm not someone that could like, you know, pretend like and have like questions written and then make it sound. I'm no fucking actress. I didn't go to school for that. So I can't, you know, so I just like, you know, just my the question comes in my mind and I ask and it's like so much fun 
to get on the phone with a total stranger, you know, and do that thing. I think it's interesting that you also sometimes get a little bit more serious and you have like this doctor person on your show. Right. I think that that's mm-hmm. like it's well-rounded. It's not just always, you know, sort of funny or just, just about sex. Right. I mean, I think yeah, that's just- it's educational, too. And I think that that's important. A hundred percent. And like he, he actually was a customer of mine from Cam. So that's how I got to know this doctor. And we'd always talk about like, that's why he's, he's on the down though. Right. Cause I was wondering why wouldn't he, if he's a doctor of sex, like why wouldn't he sort of come on and let his name be known? Right. It's, it's because I almost do. And do you talk about your guy's relationship and how you met on there or just, did he just come on? Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So people could hear all about that. So he was your Cam customer. And then how did it translate into it? I mean, he eventually told you he was a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Like the more we spoke, we, you know, it came to like fruition that he, he knew so much about sex. And I was like, why, why? Like, I don't know. I literally found myself like sitting there with my head in my hands, like listening, like story time to him. Cause it was so fascinating. I was learning so much. And I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's my job. I'm a, I'm a, uh, like a sex therapist. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, then it kind of, uh, yeah, he became very, very much more interesting to me than just a customer because we had so much in common. And, um, yeah. And yeah, and I was like, please, can you come on the show? And he's, he's done it two weeks running, actually, uh, maybe t- three weeks ago now. He did two weeks running. And I think I'm going to keep him once a month now. Like, So if anyone wants to ask him any questions, he's happy to answer them. He's, he's very great. Do you have people guy. call in? Like when you say you have people ask questions, like if, uh, you know, do you have callers that call in or do people write in with questions and you have him answer it? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have, um, an Instagram, a strip stories podcast. So people will just DM us on there. So I, oh, okay. I get women like leaving me like, like voice notes about their like s- s- craziest sex story. And then I, like I vocalize them or either play their voice note on, on the podcast. Uh-huh. So, um, so that's worked quite well, actually. And quite a lot of women have like been quite responsive, like, which is really great. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that is great. Yeah, and, I mean, you have lots of people calling with you, don't you? That's really yeah, great. Yeah, well. I have too many. I have people I taped like in March that I still haven't aired their episodes. I feel so bad, but I'm just, I only air one episode a month. I mean, a week, and I just have so many people emailing just because wow. I, in the beginning, I had to work really fucking hard, and I use Craigslist to get callers every week. It was like a hustle. But thank God by the time Craigslist went bust, I my show was successful enough that I was just having people email me from listening to my show. So now I never have to go looking for guests. If anything, I have to like blow people off. You know what I mean, it's like too many. But uh, in the that's beginning, the it was yeah, in the beginning, it was hard. But I was lucky that there was Craigslist. There's somebody that I know that's doing a podcast and was like, how do you get people and how could I do it? I'm like, you know, I don't know how you would do it today without a Craigslist. And I don't know what is the Craigslist substitution here in the the States, right? We had Craigslist and there was a whole personal section. And I literally posted there because I didn't want anyone to know what I was doing. I thought my podcast was going to suck. I have low self-esteem, right? No. And I didn't want anyone to know, you know? So I'm like, where could I advertise this as a call and advice show? So I did it in the personals on Craigslist because it was free. And uh, I got in all these email back from guys that were like, oh, I only have, you know, could get turned on by going down on women or, oh, I'm fucking my brother's wife's husband's sister. You know, this is all these crazy sex stories. And that's how my podcast became about that. Right. You know, but thank God for me, it, it happened that by the time, like I said, I have people that call in. But I think it like if somebody wanted to you know, ask a question, talk to you or, you know, somebody listening, how would they go about it? They either go to Instagram, right? Is what you were saying? 
Yeah, they can um, go to our DMs on Instagram or you can email us at stripperstoriespodcast at gmail.com and uh-huh. you can just, yeah, let us know anything that you, you want to like, want us to air or even just go through on air. I'm um, obviously completely anonymous. Like we will take our, your secrets to our graves. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's just interesting to us to like have so many people like, uh, their secrets like it, it actually teaches me a lot which I'm finding like things that I thought oh and yeah I kind of I've, I've touched on everything when it comes to like kinks and sex and things you know um, but I'm learning so much from other people and that's that's the best part so yeah I'm, I'm happy to ha- hear anyone's anyone's stories yeah no definitely you'll learn I mean I learned so much like I said like I couldn't believe that there were so many guys out there that wanted to see their girls get fucked with other guys yeah, I couldn't believe there were so many guys up there wearing pantyhose I'm always like like listen <laughs> the next time you're in a room with 10 guys make them all drop their pants I bet you one <gasps> of them is wearing hose <laughs> this is like uh, seriously yeah. you know the stuff that I would the stuff that I've learned you know is like crazy let me ask you a question <laughs> that I thought of before and I just don't know I mean I, you know, maybe you don't want to be so truthful because then your cam people will be like, what the fuck? But like, are you does it turn you on to be on there? You said you have a little bit of an exhibitionist in you, right? When because you like to have like public sex with your boyfriend. So like when you're doing the cam sessions, right, and you're playing with yourself or you're using toys and stuff, are you very turned on that because, you know, guys are watching? I guess so. Um, I mean, for me, it's more I want to see who's on the other side of the camera. Like I wouldn't just be able to be turned on just from like just nothing you know right. like uh-huh. um so i want to see like what they look like that does also matter to me oh interesting um, okay yeah obviously, yeah obviously it does i mean it is a bit of a turn on i mean but still i mean i'm kind of like long in the tooth when it comes to this like working in the sex industry game I'm, i've done it for so long now that it's i i really have to be like emotionally uh-huh. <laughs> sounds really sounds really silly but like emotionally into someone to get there now you know yeah yeah um like just just like physical sex like i just i've just witnessed and been a part of so much of it or at least heard about it it's just for me it's just not the best type of sex and so it wouldn't be i mean on cam i mean it's a little bit of a turn on and you know someone's enjoying themselves you're like yeah but for me i don't actually ever like come Right, but it's what about with fake. these? Oh, okay, right. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, um, but what about with these guys that you know go private with you and you get to know them, like that Doctor Kink guy and stuff? Like, is it a different situation with them? A hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me, I'm like a slow and steady wins the race type of girl. You know, yeah. like, um, and yeah, and I also I wouldn't want. I mean, I wouldn't expect anyone to just tell me their deepest darkest secrets when they first meet me. You yeah, get to get, you get to like the good the good shit after a while, don't you? So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me that that makes such a massive difference, right? I don't know. What do you feel the same? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's weird. I was uh, I quit drinking when I was like thirty four. I was like a little bit of a train wreck when I was younger and acted out, and I was very promiscuous and slutty. I was more like it's funny because I'm always like I, I was like born before the right time. Like I was born in the wrong time because I'm much more like the younger generation now, right? But because when I was born, girls like me were the minority, right? And now girls are so open sexually and doing things and so in touch with their sexuality and open to different relationships. You know, um, you know that's like the majority of. But that's who I was when I was younger and I acted out sexually a lot. I was very promiscuous, but I, I it wasn't all negative. Right. I mean, I was always this person that, you know, the positive part of me was very open to sex, very curious about it. I don't take it that seriously. I think it's like a great thing. I want to try it all. You know, I always have been since day one. And even when I got sober, and got clean and stopped acting out so much sexually. 
I have to say there was a shift in me whereas like when I was younger I really loved like one night stands or naughty dirty sex right and then when uh, the older I got and something like I said did shift that I just it just it can't just be sex for sex anymore right it has to be and for me that happened around in my 40s like I had to feel a connection and where it was the opposite way before that so I think maybe that you know there's that shift in a woman at all different times I mean for me it happened in my 40s and uh, I could get really horny for somebody but I have to actually like them whereas in when I was younger it was like kind of the opposite yeah it's just like there's so many hot dicks out there there's so many hot bodies and you're like but, but if it's like backed up by an ugly soul, it's just kind of like vacuous, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, I totally. Can just fuck, I can fuck a nice dick or a, a, a nice pussy when when it's like attached to a nice human. That's just even better, isn't it? Really? Like, yeah. So, um, and yeah, so my I, booty calls, my booty calls were like long term. I prefer, I just think I'm monogamous by nature. And I always like you preferred to, and felt like the sex got better when I was with the same person, whether they were my boyfriend or not that, but yet we could communicate and really get into talking about what we like and it would just get better and better for me being with that same person as opposed to you know having variety with a different person every time you know for me yeah. I think it's it the sex is better with someone that you know that you could communicate and do all the kind of crazy things that you do I prefer that you know than going out and uh you know just being with randoms here and there yeah, it's never as good as it. It's always fumbly sex, isn't it? When the first time you have sex with someone, it's always fumbly and weird. And, you know, they don't know your body. You don't know theirs. Everyone's body's different, especially women's bodies. We're like the For most sure. complicated women, like things ever. So how can you expect a guy off the street to just know you inside out? It's just not going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's I, I about communication, agree. right? And, you know, yeah. you know, a lot of times you're not going to feel comfortable right off the bat telling somebody. But when you get to know them, I think that that's great. So um, I'm... I'm excited for you to have been on my show. I think everyone should go Thank check you. out your podcast, Stripper Stories. I think, you know, I get so excited when people start podcasts, like my friends, like I've tried to help so many people start it because I love what I do and I think it's like really great. And I think it's great that you start up your podcast and you love it. And I'd love to help you get more listeners to your show. Um, also, people maybe that are listening would want to send in, uh, you know, a question to you or, you know, or talk to Dr. Kink. You know, I have a lot of guys on my show but I have women listeners as well uh, but that would be super interesting and maybe people want to check out your cam so why don't you just give out all that information again yeah so we're on um, yeah stripper stories podcast we're mm-hmm. on Instagram um, with the same name we're literally everywhere that you hear podcasts so if you want to listen to us just Apple podcast Spotify everywhere so yeah um, yeah and if you want to email us it's stripper stories podcast at gmail.com and you can speak to Dr. King. I'll like filter through all of your questions and queries to him and he'll get straight back to you. That's um, awesome. And yeah. So thank you so much for having me today. I'm Wait, and your cam, give that you. one, give that one really oh, quick. Cam is adultwork.com and it's uh, ballerina slut bar if you want to come find me. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, come find me. All right, awesome. Thanks so much for calling in, Chloe. And good luck with your show. Thank you so much for having me. No thank problem. you. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything 
is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.